0: David pitching pitching all right you're working with a group of youngsters now Dave and many of them say to you I want to be a pitcher would there be a general
1: height and weight that you think would be best for a pitcher no not at all I think uh, all it takes is a good arm at that age uh, and certainly, when you're talking about young kids, you certainly can't tell what they would do or be in the future. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember when I played little league, I played uh, pitcher, and I even did some catching and played some outfield and first base, and and almost all the guys did some pitching and played almost everywhere until we got into a more advanced stage, like uh, old late Babe Ruth ball or American Legion ball, where you can really tell what you'd be best at. So uh, I just think, uh, you know, there's nothing to do with. Uh, size or weight or anything else. Uh, Bobby Shantz is a great pitcher. Yes. Uh, Fred Bean's a real good pitcher was uh, with New York now just went to Cleveland. And uh, they're small people, so it really, uh, I don't think it has any bearing at all.
0: All right. How about, well, I don't even like to use the word, but we'll use the word exercises. Are there any type of exercises that would be best for a young pitcher?
1: No, I don't think that's true either. I think the best thing a kid can do that's pitching at a little league age or around that area is just... Uh, uh, throw as often as he can, and uh, when he's pitching, is just to throw, try to throw the ball right down the middle as hard as you can. And uh, my boy's not in the little league, and the biggest problem he has, and I think the biggest problem most of his teammates have, and the kids I've seen that pitch against him, is their wildness. And when they do start to get a little bit wild, the first thing they do is try to let up to get it over. And when you let up to get it over, it's not that they hit it, you just get wilder. And the best thing you can do is throw every pitch as hard as you can and aim right for the middle of the plate. And uh, sooner or later, if just through practice, you'll pretty soon start finding the plate and be throwing strikes with uh, regularity.
0: Dave, what would you would that uh, hold true for a high school age kid, 16, 17? I think for a kid with any kind of
1: a wildness problem, it's the best thing to do because uh, the reason he's pitching at that age is because he does have a good arm and he most likely has good enough stuff. So if you do have a wildness problem, the best thing to do is aim right down the middle and throw as hard as you can. And then if you are a little bit wild, you probably won't be in the middle. You'll be inside or outside a little mm-hmm. bit. And so, uh, you know, until you really... Pitch a lot of baseballs and, and pitch for a long time it is it, before you get your control down to where you can throw in and out. And if you're having a wildness problem, tell your head of the hitter, go right to the middle and throw as hard as you can.
0: All right. Now, at what age should a youngster be given <coughs> pitching instruction?
1: You mean a, uh, along what line? Uh, breaking balls? Or?
0: Yes, things like that. Uh, breaking pitches, telling them uh, how to hold the ball and doing all kinds of things like that.
1: Well, I think as far as holding the ball, I, I think uh, every pitcher in our ball club at this level holds the ball different for different pitches, mm-hmm. and it's ever whatever feels comfortable. There's no set way to hold the ball. Uh, if guys trying to make the ball sink at this level, the major league level, they most of them hold it a certain way, but that's not always true either, and guys hold their fastballs different, their sliders different, their curveballs different, it's just whatever feels comfortable. But as far as the age of when to start throwing breaking balls, uh, that's a very tough question to answer because uh, i think it really depends on who your instructor is and if a person is, knows what he's doing and can teach you the proper way to throw a breaking ball i don't think uh, anything wrong with throwing breaking balls at age 13 or 14 around there but the problem is every guy that's coaching thinks he knows what he's doing and uh, so really it's an impossible way to answer a question um, if, uh, if a kid could ever get with a major league coach or get it with a professional coach sometime or if his coaches could get with these guys to find the proper way, because that is the easiest way to hurt your arm, is to throw uh, breaking balls the wrong way. And, okay. uh, and every guy, like I said, every little coach thinks he knows what he's doing. So it's really not a good answer, but that's the best one I can give. Well, we're going we're gonna to get an answer out of you later. Okay. All right?
0: Because you're going to tell us how.
1: Well, I'll do the best I can. All right. Okay. Um,
0: should a youngster throw? Overhand three-quarter arm or side arm or really does it matter? Is it just uh, depend on what is most comfortable for that youngster?
1: Well, I think the in pitching the higher you can get with your arm, the better off you are But a doctor who's a very good one uh, for professional athletes an orthopedic doctor once said the best way to find out where your proper way to throw ball is Is to have someone hit you ground balls in the outfield or somewhere, and when you're trying to throw to a base Just throw the ball back in and where you pick it up and naturally throw it from is a place you should be throwing from. In other words, if you have to force yourself to throw sidearm or force yourself to get way up on top of to the overhand, then that's not your natural position. But I do believe that the higher you get with your arm, the better off you are. All right, now we're going to get
0: down to uh, the techniques, the technical part of being on a mound, getting into your windup and throwing. And I would wonder if you could start giving them a clinic right now, telling them First of all, where your feet are, and then go right with the motion of your
1: your arms and your body, your legs, to the release of the ball. Well, it's hard to do in a microphone, but the best way I can describe it is that you, in major leagues, we have to have our foot in the rubber when taking the sign, and it can never leave until you're throwing the ball. And so what I do is I have my my left foot on the rubber and facing, pointing towards home plate. And after I get the sign, when I've raised my arms over my head, I pivot my left leg in front of the rubber so it's parallel with it so it's like pointing to first base and at this time I bring my arms around to the side and bring my whole body around so it's like facing first base now this is the biggest problem for me in my pitching is that when I get into position I have to wait until my arm is dropped and come back up to probably a little higher than my waist before I start my thrust forward and in this way I get my arm high enough so that I can throw the ball from an overhand position because if I start my thrust too soon before my arm is come back up around my waist, I don't get my arm up high enough because I'm already out in the position to throw and my arm is still dragging behind. And I get kind of a sideward, side arm toss out of it, which I'm not looking for. And I think probably all pitches are different, but if when I get in that position, I have to pause there and give myself a chance to get my arm in position. And then at that point, I try to get into a slight crouch. And still with my body facing first base, I try to thrust homeward in that position. And then, from that position, I try to have a limp front leg, which is my right leg, so that when it does hit, I can pivot on it and follow through. And also, if I go into this thrust forward with a stiff front leg or stiff right leg, when I hit, I kind of get a recoil action, where I kind of throw the ball and jerk backwards, and it takes a, it's very hard on your arm and takes a lot off the ball. And having the limp forward leg is very important to your follow-through, because if it is stiff or rigid, you just hit and bounce back off of it or if it's flexible and, and at ease, more or less, you can hit and go through with your pitch. And I, if I've got a nice flex leg when I hit this position, I'm still hoping to be facing towards first. And it's at this moment where I, I turn my hips and my shoulders to facing home plate and throw the ball in one big motion. But if I've opened up too soon, if you're facing home too much when you're in this position, you've got nothing left but your arm. But if you can stay closed all the way until your leg is hit, and then all at once, just open up your body and bring your arm through. You get more of a, more action on the ball. And, and the fact that you've waited this long will really help you carry the follow-through because your whole body is twisting that way towards home. But if you open up too soon, like I said, you've got nothing left but your arm, and your arm is really not enough to bring your whole body through to get the most on the pitch. How important is the, um, the
0: opposite shoulder uh, from which you're pitching? Does, does it help you in directing the ball to where you want it to go?
1: Well, the ideal thing is to have your, which is my right shoulder, my mm-hmm. opposite shoulder, mm-hmm. is, is facing, is pointing right towards home plate. Uh, like Went. I said, my body is face facing first, being left-handed. Right. And I try to go to home with this shoulder, my right shoulder, pointing right at the target. Mm-hmm. And keep it there as long as possible. And that way, when I hit with a soft front leg, I can twist and get the coil action that gets, gets my a lot of arm speed. Mm-hmm. Hey, and that's Bob. I don't know if that's if I can get that interpreter over a microphone, but that's what I'm trying to get across. If The longer you can stay closed, and the more relaxed you can be with your legs, the uh, easier it is to throw the ball. The question
0: that I know would be asked then to put that whole thing together is, then when and where would you release the ball? Like from, from where,
1: um, eye level? Uh, uh, well, where? the ideal way to throw the ball, uh, re- release point of the ball, and when I'm throwing the ball best is you're releasing it out front of you. You're actually because when you're throwing the ball your elbow leads, mm-hmm. and you actually get the uh, arm out front your elbows leading and you release the ball out here like this mm-hmm. and it's released out in front of you and the, and the longer you can hold on to the ball the better you're going to the harder you can throw it because you're getting more arm thrust behind it but then again you've got to get out front with your elbow to do this you can't have your elbow back here and, ho- and hope to hold on to the ball yes. uh, i'm not yeah. doing a over a microphone but you can't yes. you've got to get your elbow out front you have to lead with your elbow Okay. And if your arm is up high, you can lead longer with your elbow. If your arm's down in by your side, you just don't have any extension, and you're out here and you just throw the ball without anything on it. Mm-hmm. All right. Does that now, make sense? It sure does okay. to me. Now,
0: what we would like to have you do is to see if you can explain when you
1: are in a stretch position a pickoff move. Well, being left-handed, uh, I'm facing the runner first base. And uh, the main thing is to try to make it look like you're going to home plate. Use the very same motion. And it's not only good for your pickoff, but it also, when you're in the full windup, when you're in the full windup, um, you try to, that's where you learn to pitch. And when you're in a stretch, you try to get it in the same position because that's the way you pitch. Mm-hmm. But when you're going to first base, you try to get it in the same position again to make it look like to the runner that you're going home. Now, being left-handed, uh, the major league runners the guys that steal bases on left-handers uh, 99% of the time they just guess they guess you're going home and so really it's not a matter of deceiving them over there it's a matter of, of knowing the situations what the count is uh, who the hitter is on hit and runs and what guys do a lot of running uh, like Aparicio and Campanaris and those guys have said they just on left-hand picture they guess yes. if they have to wait to know for sure where he's going they can't get a jump mm-hmm. so really it's a guessing game there's a few times a year you pick off a guy he thought you were going home and you get him over there. But that's that's once or twice a year. Other times it's a hit and run situation where they might be waiting a little bit longer than normal, but on a, a dead steel situation, they're stealing, they're just flat guessing with you. And uh, so a, a move is not, is important, but it's not uh, it's not that essential in, in holding a guy, in picking a guy off. It is essential holding a guy close
0: because
1: they, uh, Right-hander pitcher can actually hold a runner closer to first base than a left-hander for the simple reason that from his position he can get the ball to first quicker. Yeah. He's standing with his back to him, he can just turn yeah, around and wing it, it right? over there. A left-hander he has to go through all that motion, bring his yeah. arm down and up again and throw to first. Yes. So for actual holding a guy closer, a right-hander has a better shot.
0: Good. All right now. Let's get back now to holding that baseball. Let's say you right now we're with a 13-year-old, a 14-year-old, a 15-year-old, or a 16-year-old. And they showed you that they have a good arm. And they said, now, coach, I would like to learn to throw the breaking pitch. What, actually, where would you tell them to hold the ball? What would you tell them to do?
1: Well, I'd show them how I hold it, and just as a suggestion, but as I said, it's just strictly comfort. Okay. And whatever feels best to them is the best way to do it. Because the first thing, if a ball doesn't feel comfortable in your hand, you're not going to throw it properly. Because mm-hmm. all through your you wind up and motion, you're saying the ball didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So you get it comfortable, and I would show them how I do it let them try it that way. If they didn't like it, they could change it. If they like it, they could stay with it. And I think the most important thing on the breaking ball is the follow through. Because if you don't follow through, you put all kinds of emphasis on your arm and it's a different emphasis than the fastball which you've been used to throwing all your life. And if you have, you have to have your arm very relaxed and you have to put it in a position where the you throw it with your arm,
0: Instead of with your
1: with your hands, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say is you've got to like in a fastball. I have my fingers behind the ball, mm-hmm. and when you release the ball, it comes straight off the end of your fingertips. On the curveball, I have my palm of my hand facing my ear. That's the best way to explain it. And is your wrist straight? My wrist is straight. Uh, if you turn if you turn it in, if you turn it in so that it's facing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can still throw a pretty good breaking ball, but you won't have the velocity on it you take off the speed by doing that. Okay. If you can get your hand completely straight up and down like if you had a split on the back of your wrist yes. and have it this way and now if you can get your fingers from that position on top of the ball mm-hmm. now as you throw the curveball it's the same arm action, lead with your elbow and everything else. Mm-hmm. You get out, and instead of throwing your fastball with your fingers behind the ball, mm-hmm. your fingers are on top of the ball, and you pull your fingers down as you release it so that they come down in front of the ball. And, the, and the, when you release the ball, when you release your curve ball, your fingers, the back of your, your two fingers should be facing the, uh, the catcher. And you release it this way. A lot of guys try to throw a curveball by having their fingers behind the ball, and then when they get out to release it, they just twist their wrist. That's right. And that is uh, the best way to hurt your arm, because you can just stand here without even a ball in your hand, and do this, and you can feel your elbow moving. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you can just take it with your palm facing your ear, Mm -hmm. and do the same thing as your fastball, leave your elbow, get out front, and just pull with your fingers. Pull it down so that the back of your fingers are facing the catcher, and let the ball out that way. You can throw a good curveball without hurting your arm. Great. Yeah. I don't know how that comes out over yeah, the line. Yeah, I
0: really like that. I, I, I go for that. I had Nobody has uh, explained that uh, to us like that, and, and I go for that. Well, the
1: best, uh, let me add one more thing. Now, as I was talking about earlier, about going towards home plate with a closed body, in your body facing first for me. Now, this is really important on a breaking ball because if you open up on a breaking ball... Not only will it be a bad breaking ball, as it would be a bad fastball, but this is where you can also hurt your arm because you end up throwing and your arm does not go down all the way through and come back to your body. It goes out and stops like that. And that's where you get all the jar in your elbow. It'll just end up like this instead of ending up this way. Right. Okay, good. Uh, what
0: about the seams? Are the seams of the baseball important to a pitcher as to what the ball does?
1: Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's important just for confidence on your grip. If your grip, you know, I throw every ball off the seam somehow. Like I've uh, heard Mel Stottlemyre never holds a seam; he holds everything on the bare part of the ball, which is just a preference. And, but I like the seams that I can feel good because it gives you a more secure grip. And after you've uh, been pitching quite a while, balls that are a little bit bigger, a little bit smaller, feel strange to you. Yeah, probably an average layman wouldn't know the difference between the two balls. But yeah. after pitching for a long time, right. you can feel the different sizes of the balls. I'll bet. And so I like a ball that has good seams on it so I can get good grips and just feel a more secure grip. Good.
0: Okay. We've gone into the stretch. We've gotten into uh, position uh, where to release the ball. Uh, oh. Oh. At what age would you recommend that a pitcher start throwing to spots?
1: Well, I think that's strictly uh, how far along he is at that point. If a kid uh, 12 years old can throw the ball over the plate with consistency, he might as well start to try to throw it to corners with consistency. But again, not to the point where he starts talking people. Or maybe if at 12 years old, he can throw the ball with regularity, he should try to get strike one, strike two, and then maybe take two shots at a corner. If not, if he misses him, he still got two more shots to throw the ball hard down the middle. And again, if the kid's 18 years old and has wild problems, I should say aim for the middle, let her fly. It just depends on how far developed the kid is at a different age.
0: Got an 0 and 2 count. Would you recommend to a youngster that he throw a waist pitch, so-called waist pitch,
1: or to try and come back in there? I would say go right after him, but I mean, this is the point where you can try to make a good pitch. Uh, I think the best way to get this certain hitter out is on the outside corner. If you're no balls and two strikes, go right for the corner. <coughs> Excuse me. Go right for the corner. Now with the idea of missing it and hoping he'll chase it, uh-huh. go right for the corner. Because if you miss a little bit on the inside, it's still a good pitch. Yes. If you miss a little bit outside, you just miss. That's all, and you're still ahead. But I would never say, well, I'm going to throw a ball here because I'm ahead. Uh, you've accomplished nothing. Uh, always throw with a purpose. Uh, I know all the pitchers in our staff. If counters 0-2, they, if they're throwing a fastball, they'll try to hit right on a corner, or or they might try to throw one high and tight and make him chase it, or they might try to throw a breaking ball for a corner, or a breaking ball real low, hoping he'll chase it, but it's not the idea that, well, now I have to throw a ball, they're throwing the pitch with a purpose, uh, sometimes, at this level of baseball, if you're over no balls and two strikes, uh, and a hitter likes the ball, will say, hi, he's a high ball hitter, well, he might throw real high, hoping he'll chase it, yeah and still you've accomplished something. Yes. You know, but it's not the idea that, well, I'm going to throw it, you know, out of the stadium. Good. Okay.
0: What kind of pitch would you recommend that a young pitcher throw to a batter who is obviously going to bunt?
1: I would, uh... Well, the first thing, you've got to throw the ball over the plate that happens a lot even at this level where you it's a definite bunt situation and, and you're so conscious of getting off the mound and getting the bunt that you get to throw it over the plate and all of a sudden you're behind him you know, two logs and no strikes or three and all. So I think on that particular day I would throw the pitch I'm getting over the plate most consistently. And because you know what he's trying to do and again uh, uh, if it's a minute first and second and it's called to be a bunt down a third baseline I will try to throw the ball inside because we have, we have uh, a defensive play that to try to combat that buck down the third baseline. If oh, yeah, I yeah. go throwing the ball away from the hitter, mm-hmm. uh, he's allowed to put it down the first yes. baseline and they've yes. accomplished it. Yes. So at this level, I would definitely try to throw the ball in to get it over there because I'm going to throw the ball in that situation and break towards the third baseline. So I'll try to throw it inside. So that's about the only place he can but mm-hmm. and uh, other than that, I would just say, uh, they're giving you an out, so be sure you get it. Okay, pop flies.
0: Would you recommend that a young pitcher Catch any pop flies
1: that are in the infield, or not? Um, uh, not really. I think any time any other fielder can get to it easily, but he should certainly let them feel it because they're more used to it. And, uh, and I'm not talking about a kid who plays shortstop three days a week yes. and pitches the other day. That's he right. might be able to handle better than anybody else. But I'm talking about uh, this level. I mean, I don't, uh, I don't catch any pop ups or fly balls that anybody else can get to unless mm-hmm. you know unless they have to dive for them or something. Right. And, but uh, I think it's better that you let the guys that are used to it. Handling.
0: All right. Now we've talked about the technical part of the game of pitching. Uh, there are a heck of a lot of youngsters who are listening to you now, Dave, who are pitching, pitching today, and maybe pitching uh, the day that they're listening to you. What other than the technical part of the game would you advise young pitchers now?
1: I think the best thing I can tell them when I tell them one boy the same thing is if they want to be a pitcher or anytime they're called on two pitch, they're to pitch or warm up to pitch, Once you've gotten yourself halfway loose, wind up and throw as hard as you can and aim right down the middle. And uh, like I said earlier, the kids get wild and they start letting up to get it over. That's the worst thing you can do, because you've accomplished nothing. Even if you get it over, all you've done to yourself is prove that you can get it over when you let up. Mm -hmm. Who wants to do that. Mm -hmm. Wind up and crank it down the middle, and you might have three or four games where you're just going to be wild. But pretty soon it's going to come. And if you're really trying, it's going to come. And uh, it's true with anything if uh on ground balls the kids don't go ground balls he just keeps after and keeps after he's and you get it. and the same thing with throwing the ball over the plate uh, they always put or usually always put the kids with the best arms on the mouth and so they've got the arms not just get it over but letting up and doing it you're not accomplishing anything wind up and crank as hard as you can not as hard as you can to the point where you lose your coordination and timing but when you go to release the ball the actual time you release the ball let it fly and aim right down the middle and again like i said it might take time but it'll come
0: one last question. I've asked everybody the same for each position. If you were evaluating a young pitcher, what would you be looking for? Uh, what age are you talking about? Now? Let's say uh, 15, 16-year-old, 17-year-old. It's just the arm.
1: I think just how well he can throw the ball. Because there's uh, many kids that are well, signed into pro ball that really don't have a breaking ball at all. And they figure that they can teach you the breaking stuff because it can be taught. But you can't teach a kid how to throw the ball hard. I mean, he either can throw it hard or he can't. Mm-hmm. But you can take uh, kids with good arms, good fastballs, and teach them breaking balls, but you can't teach a kid to throw it hard. And I think that's the main thing everyone looks for. And uh, that's well, I say, I know when I was a kid, I threw and threw and threw and threw all the time. And they should go out and throw tennis balls against my garage and just throw and throw and throw. And I think that's how I built my arm up. But again, I when I signed, uh, I was very wild. And even all the throwing I'd done at that age. And uh, my first year in pole ball, I think I pitched like 150 innings and walked like 120, which is ridiculous. And now I'm known as a control pitcher, yes. and that's just taken years and time and practice. And and uh, But when I signed, I, they signed me on my arm. They didn't sign me on my control. <laughs> and it, just takes a, you know, it just takes time, but you have to. Yeah. They don't sign kids because they can throw curveballs and no fastball. It's the fastball pitchers with no curveballs.
0: Okay, Dave, I want to thank you very, very much.